0: Hey, goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, Tal Elrod. And today I am having somebody on the podcast who you know, I think you probably know if you've listened to the podcast for a while, Chip Franks, who believe it or not, I didn't realize this, but I went and looked back at our previous episodes. This is the sixth time I've had Chip on the podcast. Like that doesn't even include the amount of times he's hosted as a guest host, which is a few other times. So Chip's coming on today because we are in the midst of a not just a global pandemic, right? That's a popular topic, but we're in the midst of a global mental health crisis and people are struggling mentally and emotionally. And there's not too many people that I know that have their SHIT together mentally and emotionally more than Chip. And I was on his website right now. I've shared my thoughts on Chip and I, I will even actually when I start this conversation you're about to hear, but I wanna read what some folks that I see on his site had to say. The first is from Christina Rasmussen, the author of Second First. And Christina said, when you first meet Chip, you are probably going to think that this guy can't be that perfect. But no matter the years that go by, the answer to that thought will always be, yes, he can. Oh yes, he is. Steve Sims, author of Blue Fishing said, Chip Franks is effing awesome. Chris Plow, founder of Mavenware, said, Chip is good and giving and caring, all true, to the nth degree. More importantly, he is real. From our first conversation, he was open to sharing the full range of life, to celebrate what is awesome and to freely discuss what isn't. That's truth. That's how we grow, and that's who Chip is. And then Akira Chan, founder of Rare Media, said, Chip Franks is all heart and it's infectious. He is a consistent contributor to all those around him and has a superpower of offering the perfect token of useful advice, love or laughter in the moments that you need it most. And last but not least, Lisa Ferguson, founder of 1000 Watt Life said, besides having a heart the size of an ocean, Chip easily sees what is possible for the future and can see the best path forward. He is a momentum catalyst and brings a contagious energy and a commitment to excellence To the table. With all of that, I'm excited to share this conversation. I just wrapped this up with Chip. And the one thing that I want to tell you is you're going to get a lot from this, but what impacted me the most, and you'll hear this probably about three fourths of the way through this conversation, is Chip's mother is in hospice care right now, meaning she's been given a very finite time to live. And He dropped her off at hospice care. She's been fighting cancer for four years. He's taken her to most of those chemotherapy appointments. She's lived with him. He's supported her. He's gotta be the best son you could ask for. But now is the end is nearing for his mother. And you're gonna hear today why Chip is grateful for that and how Chip is truly joyful, even in the midst of the inevitable losing his mom, who he loves dearly. And when you hear him talk about this and you hear, I go deep with him. I go, no, no, no. Yeah, you, you kind of, you talked about it, Chip, but I really want to understand how are you able to process such a difficult challenge as the upcoming death of your mother in a way where you have this genuine, authentic joy and love and gratitude in your spirit. And we can apply what his answer is to that question to every area of our life. And for me, that's what this is about, is how do you think in a way? What do you do? What are your practices? What what are your thought processes that allow you to be impervious to pain? Unless you want to feel it, that allow you to be able to choose the emotion that best serves you in any given circumstance, no matter how difficult or challenging it may be. And Chip is a true master at exactly that. And that's why I'm very grateful and honored and excited to uh, introduce you to the conversation that Chip and I just had. I'm a better person because of it, and I hope you will be too. Enjoy. Chipster, how you doing, buddy?
1: Man, I am on top of the world, Hal Elrod. Things Uh, things are, are just
0: beautiful in life. I love that, but I I just, I feel like grateful would have been the right answer for today's podcast.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm grateful and joyful.
0: I would imagine that on top of the world incorporates grateful, like you have to be grateful and joyful to qualify for being on top of the world. So I'll say, I'll say it was unsaid, right? Okay. Well, thank you for correcting that. (laughs) You got it, man. No, so, so here's the deal. I mean, you know this, but I saw a few weeks ago, you did your first gratitude challenge I've had you on the podcast. We were just counting. This is like your 6th time, which is the, that's the record. No one's been on. I don't think anyone's been on 4 times, right? Other than you pointed out Berghoff hosted a few years ago when I had cancer. He hosted for like a year. So he he has, but uh but in terms of actually me interviewing somebody, this is uh having a conversation. This is number 6 for us. And so I saw oh, you do a gratitude challenge a few weeks ago and I didn't take the challenge. Logistically I wasn't available, but I was reading all the comments and I was kind of eavesdropping if you will and it was just profound. It was seeing people like the the gratitude they had for the impact that the challenge was making for them was awesome. But I've been really focusing on mental health and the one thing we can all control, which is our inner world. And you know me, I'm a big believer as you are that gratitude, it's one of the most important components in terms of our quality of life. And I, I always say that to the degree of gratitude that we are present to that's available to us at all times determines the quality of our life at any given moment. And I don't know if I I think I butchered that. But anyway, here's the point. So later on, I want to talk more about this gratitude challenge, how people can get involved. But I want to hear from you, someone who is one of the most grateful people I know at your soul, at your core, anyone that knows you would say the same. I want to know that from you, why is gratitude so important? You know, why is it so much more than a feeling why is it so important, and why is it something that we need to actively work on, not just feel from time to time?
1: Uh, I appreciate that, Hal. Thank you. And uh, just something I'd like to talk about, and we probably will talk about this further on in the the interview here. But I haven't always been extremely grateful, and we will talk about that. But thank you for that acknowledgement. That's that's wonderful. And you too, my friend, are just one of the most grateful people I know. So it's an honor to talk with you about this. Takes one to know one. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's true. I mean, actually, you do recognize it when you have it. So that's yeah. that's something that really helps out. But uh, gratitude, and uh, I would say actually, or our lack of it is the lens through which we experience our world. And yeah, I think it, it literally, it affects everything and anything in our life. And when we have gratitude, or when we are grateful, I should say, it changes our focus. And you know this, but we get what we focus on. And when we're grateful, we get more to be grateful for. And I actually have a a couple of quotes on this. This is really neat. But Oprah, you may know Oprah, she says, the more thankful I became, the more my bounty increased. That's because for sure, what you focus on expands. When you focus on the good in your life, you get more of it. And I completely and totally agree with that. And I also believe the converse is true that when we complain and when we're upset about things and we allow things to annoy us, that we will notice those more and get more of those things in our world. So gratitude is super important. And uh, you'll love this quote. This is a fantastic quote. People who regularly practice gratitude experience more positive emotions, feel more alive, sleep better, express more compassion and kindness and even have a stronger immune system than people who don't regularly practice gratitude. And that or was said, that? said by these,
0: Yeah, Hal Elrod said that. So <laughs> did I really?
1: <laughs> you really did. <laughs> that's brilliant.
0: That's, huh? that's funny. I, w- I was hoping for like a neuroscientist or something, but I'll, I, I guess <laughs> no, I'll take well, we, it. That's me. Yeah, um, we can talk about
1: neuroscience on this because we know it's in our hearts. And we know that it's super important with it, but the scientific community is just like kind of recently getting on board with this. And uh, there's a lot of studies with it. In fact, one study was done in 2015. They had 300 adults who were receiving psychotherapy. Like these folks aren't necessarily really happy in life. And they divided them up into control groups and about 100 of them, they decided that they would write one letter of gratitude a week for just three weeks. And they tested the folks on how happy they were and how good they felt in life. And that group was significantly higher 12 weeks after the study had ended. That was just writing one letter of gratitude a week for three weeks. Hmm. And that kind of positive effect happened on them with this study. It's amazing what it can do for us. And it makes us happier. It can lead to joy. And then something that really affected me, and this is kind of what, uh, when I started on my journey of becoming a better person and loving life more, something I heard on a podcast with uh, James Altucher, he said that anxiety can't live in the same head at the same time as gratitude. And Hmm. I just love that. And it really is a cure for anxiety. It's one of the most important things that we can have in life, and it's a skill
0: that we can learn. Yeah. You reminded me of that Altucher quote. Say the Altucher quote again.
1: Yes, he says that anxiety can't live in the same head at the same time as gratitude.
0: So I love that. I read a book years ago called "A Complaint-Free World" by Will Bowen. And have you read that by the way? I, I have not. Must read. Probably top top twenty books. I wonder how many books I say top twenty books, and it's probably like fifty <laughs> books. So it doesn't. The math doesn't work. But anyway. You get the point. But after I read that, what I wrote in my affirmations, I wrote gratitude and complaining cannot coexist simultaneously. I must choose the one that best serves me, right? And when you think about it at any given moment, complaining versus gratitude in terms of what serves you, what serves your emotional state of being, your your quality of life, your mindset, your optimism, all of those things. And one of the things that you said the idea that, you know, what we focus on expands. And when we focus on what we have to be grateful for, we have more things to be grateful for. In fact, there's a Zig Ziglar quote uh, around that, that we just put in the Miracle Morning movie. Uh, But here's, I think that to me, I look at it this way. Yes, there is truth that the more we focus on that we have to be grateful for, the more things that we will have to be grateful for. But I think that it's true that, or that statement is even true in the idea that, you're actually just more aware of what's great in your life when you focus on gratitude, right? Would you say that that's true? Like that it's not about just more things in the future will come your way to be grateful for. Yes, that may be true. But to me, it's just, you're actually realizing when you're focusing on gratitude, that you already have all these amazing things in your life. And if you're not actively focusing on gratitude, then you don't even notice them. You, if you're complaining, you're noticing all those negative things. So kind of your reality is shaped by gratitude in that way. What, what are your thoughts on that? I absolutely believe that.
1: And we all know that like if we go to third world countries and see the kids happy and playing and mm. loving life when they have nothing. And they are grateful for it, you know. And maybe they don't have a specific gratitude practice, you know, as kids or whatever. But you can tell that uh, that they just love life. And you know, I think that gratitude—it literally—it makes everything in our life better. And for instance, we stop complaining when we go to gratitude. And I don't think it's a choice as far as choosing complaining or choosing gratitude. But I think that when we choose gratitude, the complaining just kind of stops on its own because it's filling it up. And it's just like anxiety can't live in the same head and complaints can't live in the same head as gratitude. So that's true. And then what I, I like to say this, or this is what I think is that when we truly appreciate life, life appreciates in value for us. Everything that we have, our relationships get better. When we appreciate our spouses, that relationship grows in value. And when we appreciate our opportunities, we take them more seriously. And it just makes us better at life by looking through the lens of gratitude and appreciation.
0: Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on your experience of gratitude, not just for you internally, But when you express gratitude to other people, meaning like, I think that Mm -hmm. the the relationship you have with yourself is impacted by the amount of gratitude or the quality of gratitude or just the, you know, the amount of time you're present to what you have to be grateful for. But what I want to ask you is, what's your experience in terms of how does it impact your relationships? And the quality of the people's lives in your life, your kids and your wife. And right when you express the gratitude that you're nurturing every day within yourself, and it kind of comes overflowing, and now out of your mouth comes all this appreciation and gratitude and thanks for the people in your life. I'd love for you to speak on how that impacts your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing, too, is when we express it, that's when the most good is done, and it's not good to just have gratitude and sit in a heart. I mean, I guess that's, that's better than not having it, which we, we can get into here in a little bit, but expressing it's when the, the good is actually done. And the first thing is that it makes more of us when we express it. We become more grateful when we express it. And, and that's something that is neurologically proven. It literally changes our brains when we do that and we do it consistently. Uh, but I would say that when we do that for other people, uh, it's it's almost like an act of kindness. And I've been studying joy for a few years now, and acts of kindness or or being of service to other people or doing something wonderful for someone else is one of the paths to joy, as is an act of appreciation and gratitude. And what happens with that, I know when we do a kind act for someone else or we tell them how much we appreciate someone then we are benefiting from that because it makes us feel better. They are benefiting from that because it does make them feel better and there's a neuro responses to it. It helps them to be in a better mood and then everyone that witnesses it as well gets the same effect from it and that's beautiful because, um, I mean, it's a win, win, win. Anytime that gratitude or acts of kindness or when you express love for someone Uh, All of those are just pure goodness. So, and you you had mentioned how does it affect others and how does it affect our kids? I mean, obviously when we express gratitude for them, that's a big deal and it makes them feel better and us feel better. But the other thing is you're showing them by example how to live. Mm. And when we as parents are complaining or ungrateful Mm. or don't see the miracle of everyday life, then we're showing that to our children and to our wife. And really, if you want to get down to it, uh, to God, you know, if, uh, if you believe in that or the universe or the source. And I actually, I remember a few episodes back, by the way, I, I love your solo episodes. They're great. Uh, you read the excerpt from uh, The Untethered Soul. Yeah, the and I remember that the end habits. of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's beautiful because it asks, you know, what would a God or what would a source think of someone who didn't appreciate all of this uh, beauty that we've been given.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, so, I mean, obviously gratitude is the thing and it's the way to live life. And I I think that we know that we've known that as kids and we kind of lose it over the hustle and bustle of the world and all the pressure and noise and deadlines and notifications on our phone when really it's all about appreciating life.
0: And yeah. And you said, you know, when you talked about setting the example for your kids and even, even for your wife or anybody, right, for your employees, I mean, for any impu- human beings that you come in contact with by being grateful. I set a goal a long time ago, right? I don't know if a goal is the right word for it, but it was in my affirmations to be the most grateful person that I know and just striving every day for that. And actually, it, I, I literally shared it with my daughter a few days ago. I said, sweetheart, you know, I set a goal when I was younger to be the most grateful person I know and the most positive person that I know. And she said something like, well, you succeeded. I said, well, I, you know, I'm I'm inviting you to join me, right? Let's, it, it, it feels good to be the most grateful person that you can possibly be. But there was something in my daughter's gymnastic class when she was like, I don't know, four years old, it was like six years ago, there was a quote on the wall. I don't remember who said it, but to paraphrase, it was something along the lines of, be careful what you say to your children, because your words become their inner voice. Yes.
1: Yeah, I love that. And actually, I have said that before, and I don't remember the name of the person, but uh, I have had that in my affirmations before. And Beautiful. it is, it's beautifully said, and it's very true. And the thing is, too, I, I think that not only do they uh, see an example of how to be, but it gives them permission to be more grateful as well, to be happy. Because, you know, when we get to school and everyone has to try and be cool, it's not, you know, the greatest thing to be grateful. You know, sure. it's not considered to be cool to, to just be enthusiastic about life. And I think that life kind of tempers that in us from a young age. And, you know, when we are grateful and we are joyful, we give permission for others to do that. And hey, I think it's just, it's one of the best things in the world, truly.
0: One of the things you say, I've heard you say is that gratitude is a skill. And I agree, but I'd love for you to explain that.
1: Well, Sure. This is a really big deal because like a lot of people, I think they assume that we are either grateful or we're not. And it's something that we have. But I would suggest that gratitude is actually something that we do. And, and it's not just gratitude, like having gratitude, it's gratitude practice that makes the difference. And with the skill, you learn how to do it better. And it's something that each and every one of us can get better at. And this is funny. I mean, uh, you can't see me now, but I'm wearing a Henry David Thoreau shirt because I'm a geek. Uh, (laughs) But Henry uh, Henry David Thoreau, one of his quotes is, he says, I know of no more encouraging fact than the ability of man to elevate his life through conscious endeavor. Mm. And I love that. I mean, that's one of the, the best quotes ever because we can absolutely get better at it. And I know that because I've experienced it in my life. I I haven't always been a really grateful person, but I have gotten very, very good at it. And it's actually, this is backed up by science. Because if you think they could do an MRI for an accountant, for instance, and they can look at their brain and see that the neural matter in their brain is more dense and more prepared and more capable in the area of their brain that, that runs numbers. Mm. And it's the exact same way with gratitude. As we get better at gratitude, literally our physiology changes with it and we become more wired to be more grateful. And I, I know that this is the case for me and I am not the, the same person that I used to be with it. Well, and talk and, about that uh, for a second. How
0: did you become yeah. so wise in the ways of gratitude? Where you're you're hosting these gratitude <laughs> challenges for people, and you're writing books about you know it's in your book that I've read, "Life Lessons from Dad." How did you come by this?
1: Part of it it starts in about 2014. Some of you have heard my story because I've been on. This is my sixth time. Yay, Amy! I'm <laughs> um, gunning for John's record, even though he hosted you know for years. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've mentioned this before. In that 2014. Uh, I was going through a long, drawn-out, low-grade depression. And here's the thing is uh, I had checked all the boxes in life. I mean, I had the beautiful family. I had uh, a wonderful relationship with my wife that did get better. You know, my kids are just amazing. And I had a business that did very well financially and helped a lot of people. And I was still horribly depressed. And that was despite having done the self-development and reading the Jim Rohns and the Tony Robbins and uh, Brian Tracy's and Zig Ziglar's and applying those to my life. And I was still really depressed in life. And the thing is, and I think that a lot of self-development, it concentrates on knowing and thinking and uh, rather than doing. There's actually, there's Three books that helped change my life. And the the first of which I'll mention is The Miracle Morning, which that's when I was first introduced to you. Didn't know that we would be great friends at that time. Then another one was Choose Yourself by James Altisher. Actually, I became his friend too, which is interesting. And then the last one is Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It by Kamal Ravi Kant, who I know you've had on the podcast before and is, is just wonderful. Yeah. But the, the thing about all of those books. Is that they all concentrated on changing our behavior and our behavior is what changes us and it's not enough to know it's a We have to do and it wasn't an overnight thing for me But I got better and better and part of it was that I didn't like myself. I wasn't grateful for myself I didn't like the guy that I saw in the mirror and as that changed everything in life changed. And I got a lot more grateful. I listened to the podcast. I started taking notes and journaling. And when you do the process, you feel better about yourself. And as you feel better about yourself, you're able to do more in life. So it's a virtuous cycle. You just get better and better at it. And one of my friends, he says that your gift is right next to your wound.
0: Mm. And Who says that? I've heard that before.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Philip McKernan is his yeah, name. You yeah, really yeah. need to get him on your your podcast cuz he is he's magnificent and his accent is awesome. <laughs> so, uh, he's just a great guy, but he says that and my wound was not being joyful and it was not being as grateful as I could be. And I considered myself grateful, but it was more of, you know, we'll talk about the levels of gratitude, but it was more of being grateful for things that were given to me. Like if a magnificent sunset happened in front of me, and that was given, it was placed in my life, and I would say, oh my gosh, that's beautiful, that's wonderful. And and that's just what most people consider being grateful, Uh, but I was able to move well beyond that. And I learned stoicism and amor fati, which translated in Latin, it roughly means love fate or love life or love everything. And I incorporated all of those into my practices, and I saw the difference that it made. And from there, I knew what difference it made in me, so I did a lot of research and a lot of study. And then I started helping other people with it, and I saw the improvements that it made in their lives. So that's mm. been my gratitude journey. And that's I just I journey. feel, yeah, well, thank you. And I, I feel... That's, you know, of course, you put it in your affirmations that you would be the most grateful person, you know. But I
0: think that we can have a gratitude challenge if you like. I so would we'll, <laughs> do on it. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> but, be an, I don't know how we would actually conduct that, but that'd be an interesting thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, there we go. That's great. Uh, well, gratitude that debate, I'm, I'm more
0: grateful. No, I'm exactly. more grateful. Let's see. Let's put it to the test. And and right?
1: I'm more humble too. So there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Um, uh, I don't know. You are self-proclaimed like the handsomest man, so I don't know if humble if you win that one. I don't think I would win humility. But, uh, 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 I look I look so much like your dad, so
1: you know we're we're both handsome men. That's so. that is true. That is true.
0: <laughs> so I want I want to pick apart a few things that that I've heard you say. I could almost challenge our semantics. So I'd want to hear kind of your thoughts on this. So one is I've heard you say a lot that there is a difference between gratitude and appreciation. So again, is that just semantics or what's the difference?
1: Okay. This is a beautiful question. I appreciate it. I want to preface this by saying I heard someone else on a stage. He's a a friend of ours, Jesse Elder. And he said that, Mm. that gratitude is to appreciation as walking is to running. And When I first heard that, I didn't like that because I loved the word gratitude. I loved the word grateful, and I thought he was kind of disparaging it, and it kind of sat wrong with me. Yeah. I started thinking about that, and this is kind of what I came up with, and this is my framework for gratitude. I really believe that there are levels of gratitude, and we can start with gratitude zero, and actually, there's negative gratitude, which we can talk about uh, in a little while. But gratitude zero are people who are not grateful. An example for that might be someone who just doesn't appreciate anything in life. They're the kind of people you hold the door open for them and they walk through and they don't say thank you. you know, so Wait, you mean, you mean kids?
0: Like- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be part of it. Yeah. Kids kids could do that. Sure. But a gratitude 1.0 is what most people think of as gratitude. And this is what I would say is grateful or gratitude. And that is, that you appreciate what's put in front of you. Like I mentioned before about seeing a sunset and saying, oh, that's beautiful. Or if a waiter brings you a meal and you turn and you say, thankful, you're being gracious and you're having some gratitude. But here's the thing, that is when something is given to you and that is passive in nature. Mm. So that's gratitude 1.0. Now, gratitude 2.0 is what Jesse talked about and what some other folks talk about, and that's active appreciation. And this is having an active gratitude practice that's not passive, but it's proactive. It's you going out to appreciate the things in the world versus waiting for them to come to you. And Mm -hmm. this could be as simple as doing a gratitude list or having a gratitude practice or saying prayers for things that you're thankful for. But that is active appreciation, and that's gratitude 2.0. Now, this is something that kind of uh, appeared to me this last year, and I I do a lot of meditation, a ton of journaling, and I think about this. But there is something that I call gratitude 3.0. And I used to call it divine cherishing, but I I think that divine love is a better word for it, a better phrase. And that is deciding to love it all, everything, the good and the quote-unquote bad the awful things in the world, and everything, that you love it all and accept it all as it is, but not just accept it, but love it, obviously. Mm. And whereas Jesse said that gratitude is to appreciation like walking is to running, I would say that divine love is to appreciation like running is to flying. Mm. And when we get to this point where we can appreciate, deeply appreciate the bad things in life, then that's when we're acing life. And most people never get to that because most people, I mean, we don't learn about gratitude. It's not something that's taught in schools or something that we consider. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this because, you know, my mom, we just put her in hospice last week yeah, and we know that she, she's going to pass and I'm so Grateful I just I love that. I know all of this now because something that that would have just crushed me in the past Is something that I can truly be grateful for now And and I can be grateful for the times that we had together and when she raised me and how she raised me and the fact that I have a philosophy and a belief a, a very firm belief that this isn't the end of the world And that's this narrow band of reality that we have as humans is, is something that's just that's very small and temporary and that our loved ones. Uh, their souls are intertwined with ours throughout eternity and Mm -hmm. I can choose to be grateful for that and to love that. And that's kind of an example of the divine love of life and that's gratitude 3.0. So for me, you know, I still use the word gratitude because that's what everyone knows But I would say that appreciation or again, even love are better words for it and different levels of that.
0: I love this. I love gratitude 3.0, divine love, because I want to ask you more about how you're processing this a little bit more about how you're processing what's going on with your mom, because, you know, to have your mom, she's battled cancer for the last, how many years now? Four years. Four years. Four years, you've been with her.
1: Strokes
0: (laughs) strokes in between. You've been with her in the hospital. And what I love about gratitude 3.0 is that it's this unconditional way of being where nothing impacts your internal quality of life. And for me, that's the ultimate, right? That's everything that we do is to optimize our internal quality of life. We do things because we think it'll make us "quote unquote" happy, and for me, what I'm always working on and what I'm trying, the message I've been trying to get across to people is that you don't need to let your internal well-being be dependent on anything outside of you, right? That it needs to be this rock solid, unconditional, unwavering state of joy, gratitude, bliss, whatever you want to call it, that you live with, no matter what's going on around you, because all that matters is what's really going on inside of you, and so what you're giving people here is th- this is a tool, a, a you know you can call it a tool, call it a framework, call it a process, a practice, a, a philosophy. You know, it's, it's kind of all of the above, but it's it's the ultimate. It's what we all need to where you're living it right now, Chip. Like you're you're living it at the highest level, which is like my mom is. In the process of dying, like she's in, we just put her in hospice. She's, I've watched her battle cancer and now the end is coming. And yet you have this genuine joy and and serenity and peace and gratitude about you. And so that's why I didn't want to overlook this. I want to really emphasize this for people because if you can be grateful in the midst of losing your mother, who you're extraordinarily close to then we can be grateful in the midst of COVID-19 or losing a job or just damn near just about anything. Nothing's as permanent, right? At least in this, what do you call it? Narrow bend of reality. What do you call it?
1: Yes, yeah, so our narrow band of, of reality. Exactly. Narrow band of
0: reality, right? So nothing uh, in the narrow band of reality is more finite than death, you could argue. And so um, anyway, I'd love for you to just share a little bit more. If If someone's listening and they're like, okay, wow, your mom's dying and you're grateful for that. Like I I I I feel st- I I don't know how you get there. Let me ask you this: What are the emotions you're experiencing? Because I'm sure gratitude's not the only state that you're in the midst of, right? I would imagine there are other states, such as, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. You tell me, but you know, sadness, fear, anxiety, loss. You know, I'm not sure. What what is that for you?
1: You know what, and I appreciate that. And. This leads to something else, which might be semantics to some, but this is a way of life for me, and it's really important, is that uh, happiness is not joy. And there's a difference between the two because I consider myself very joyful and full of joy and love. But most people conflate the terms happiness and joy or think that they're interchangeable or the same thing. And for me, Yeah, happiness is moment to moment. It's uh, externally triggered. It's things from the outside that affect us. And it's fickle. You know, here it's here sometimes or dependence on circumstance. And it's a lot of times it's outward in nature. It's like, what does the world give you so that you're happy or you're sad? You know, is the number on the scale the right thing? Or is my spouse treating me the right way? You know, that type of thing. And then happiness, like to get to what you're talking about it shuns and avoids pain and grief. It's like if your mother is dying, you're not happy per mm. se. But what I would say is that you absolutely can be joyful with that. And joy, in contrast to happiness, it's lasting. It's something that continues and it's cultivated from within. And it's portable. So you take it with you for any circumstance or any feeling that you might have, like you know something happening to a loved one. And, you know, I say where happiness is dependent on circumstance, joy shapes circumstance. And it's very inward in nature. And in it also, joy can take in the entire range of human emotions. And I am sad that for me, I'm sad for me that I won't get to spend more time with her. However, I'm joyful for her because I firmly believe that she's in a better place. And I, I am also joyful Again, and and the things I mentioned before, that I had this wonderful time with her, that I was gifted this extraordinarily generous and enthusiastic and happy woman that was my mom. And I can still be joyful in the midst of sadness. And and I think that we've all seen this, like if we go to a funeral, and as someone who's lived a great life at a funeral, and yes, there are tears, but there are also smiles. Mm. And... That's kind of what I'm feeling right now is, yes, there's some tears, but there's a deeper inner knowing that things are going to be not just all right, but they're going to be divinely perfect in the end. And if it's not divinely perfect, it's not the end. That's one of my core philosophical beliefs in it. And uh, that just really that helps me with this whole situation. So any sadness is going to be for us and not for her.
0: Well said. And and thank you for being open with that and and sharing with us. And I think that one of the differences is the sadness isn't something you're receiving from a place of pain, but I see that you're receiving, you're processing the emotions, even the ones that are potentially more difficult, such as sadness. It's it's from a place of love. And I feel like you have the space of love that is holding these challenging emotions that allows them to be, I don't exactly know what I'm trying to say, but does that make sense? Like, you you know, it's not like this, this sadness from a place of desperation, but it's from this place of like peace and, and comfort and like it's healthy to grieve, right? W- would you say, is there any truth to that?
1: Oh, yeah, I, I would believe that it is. Uh, and just to shut it off or to pretend it doesn't exist, I, I don't think is healthy at all. I used to call my affirmed philosophies, which is one of my, my pillars of joy. And that's our operating system for life and how we approach it and uh, the different things that we believe. And I used to call it my spiritual armor. And Mm, I've since changed. Well, I I appreciate that and it's good, but I've actually changed it because armor keeps things out, Uh. you know, and it could keep grief out. And I think that it's much better than to just shut it off and to keep it out is for it to come in and let it, as Jim Rohn would say, let it touch you, but not let it crush you. And just be tempered by that feeling and just know that again that this entire existence and everything in it is something that 's been gifted to us, and we get to experience loving someone so much that it hurts when they leave and that's that 's kind of how I believe with it and I, I think that grief is definitely appropriate and it 's something that you can do while you're still being joyful
0: yeah beautiful beautiful let's let's uh, give i 'd love to share some ways or for you to share some ways that that we can all get better at gratitude. You know the things the listener can use right now that will immediately in the next 24 hours or the next hour or the next minute be things we can apply to enrich and be okay, better at, at the gratitude that we're practicing and experiencing in our life. Well, thank you I'd love to
1: do that. and one, um, I'm going to start with this, and this is something that I added to my appreciation practice in the morning, and actually at night, I do it as a book in practice. but one of my appreciations is appreciating something that is bad or no good, horrible, awful, mm. terrible kind of thing. And I actually put it in my appreciation list. And then I write all of the things that are good with that or that that you can find in it. And that could be, and actually my mom has made the list several times, although I encourage people to always have different things on their list. So It stretches us and we think more and it opens our heart. But uh, just one thing is put that on your list. Put something that that you would consider bad normally and then write out after it all of the good that can come from that. So that's that's one. And that's part of the way that we can cultivate that divine love that I'm talking about, the gratitude 3.0. Because when challenges come along and life just knocks you to your knees, which we all know that it can do sometimes, that we don't say oh this is horrible uh, you know god why did you do this to me or woe is me but instead you think how is this going to be good and how can we change this and alchemize it to be something wonderful in our lives because uh, you know as the stoics say the obstacle is the way and it makes us better and again when we get to that point to where we're just loving everything that comes along no matter what it might be then then we're doing really well in life So that's one quick way. Another one is uh, what I call the Wayne Dyer. And I've mentioned this once before on a podcast, but this is great. And I saw a movie called The Shift with Wayne Dyer and he gets out of bed in the wee hours in the morning, you know, three or four o'clock. He was an early riser like us. I can, you know, he lights a candle and he puts his feet on the floor and closes his eyes and looks up and he just says, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's the first thing that happens when he wakes up. And I just remembered that. And it's the first scene of the movie. So I remembered seeing that. And it just affected me in a way because it started the day with gratitude. And that kind of sets the cells for the entire day. You know, I call it putting up your appreciation antenna. And, uh, and it just starts the day in the right mood. And it's very, very simple. It's easy not to do, but it's also very easy to do. So the Wayne Dyer is a great one. And I'll give you just uh, two more quick ones here. And just, by the way, I have over 20 of these in the gratitude challenge. (laughs) So there are lots of them and and you can pick, you know, which ones you like and which ones resonate with you. But one that I I love, and I know that lots of people, this has been really good for them, is the joy alarm. And that is you put on your phone, just put it on an alarm. And I'd recommend it being at a time of day when your energy is the lowest or when you're not feeling good. But you put an alarm And when the alarm goes off, you're joyful. And for me, and uh, I don't know if you've been around me when it happens, but my kids know this, but What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong starts playing. And for me- We've been hanging
0: out many times when that's gone off. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, and this this is a big deal for me because when it goes off, it still surprises me every single day. And I've been doing this for many years now. It goes off, but it's my trigger to just stop and breathe deeply, and just appreciate the, the miracle of, of it all, and just think about how blessed that we all are that we're humans, and we get this exquisite and sometimes painful experience, and you just take that and internalize it, and just, just feel the deep gratitude in your heart when that alarm goes off, and there are variations of it and other things that you can do, which, you know, I, I talk about in the, in the challenge. But the last one I'm going to share with you, this is awesome. Very simple, very easy. And you can start using it when your family returns, Hal. But it's the 20-second hug.
0: Uh, and
1: that is, yeah, obviously, a 20-second uh, or more hug when you hug someone that you love. But what you do, and this is how, how you do it, and you typically want it to be someone in your family or someone you're really close to, obviously, because otherwise it's creepy, especially for us guys. <laughs> but... uh but you put your head to the right and forcing their head to go to, to their right. And when you hug, it's a heart on heart hug and you hold it for 20 seconds. But not just that, while you're holding it, you think of how much you appreciate that person. And you mm. think of the love that you have for them and the times that you've had together. And you know, I go into this in the, in the challenge and I'm writing a book on this, not just on the 20 second hug, but the whole gratitude. But uh, when you do that, all kinds of things happen physiologically. I mean, your heartbeats start to align, your breathing starts to align, uh, you get releases of, of course, dopamine and oxytocin, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's just like this wonderful chemical cocktail that uh, goes through both of you, and it's just a wonderful time in the day. And I just, uh, I'm doing that with my family and have been for a few months now. And it's the best part of my day. I mean, just hugging them and they know, they're like, ah, you know, then sometimes the teenagers roll their eyes or whatever. (laughs) Dad, uh, let go
0: of me. (laughs) Let me go. (laughs) I can't breathe.
1: Yeah, but uh, when you do that, you just become a more more gracious person, a more appreciative person. And again, there's a lot more with that, but uh, these are ways that just really help us become great at gratitude which is the, the URL, by the way, greatatgratitude.com.
0: The URL, are you talking about where listeners can go to participate in your free gratitude challenge? Yes, that is it. Greatatgratitude.com. Got it. And it what can an they an expect? Week. I know the first one you did was like a five-day challenge. Now you've spread it out over multiple weeks. Talk about real quick, when people go to the greatatgratitude.com to do this free challenge, what are they getting themselves into? Okay. Yes. Thank you. We're
1: giving it through Facebook. So when you sign up for that, you'll be given the link to join the Facebook group, the Great at Gratitude Facebook group. And what we will be doing in that Facebook group is I will be going live uh, once a week to actually train people on gratitude and to become great at gratitude. The reason why we, we spread it over five weeks is I did this in five sessions like daily for the first one. And I think that was a little too much for for even the most ardent person to take. Although we had several dozen people who stayed on all of them, which is really cool. But I think that spreading it out, it gives us more time to breathe. And then also I, I do have challenges in it. Of course it is a challenge. So at the end of every training session, and I call it training versus a course or something like that, because this is active. This is us training our behavior and doing something different. But at the end of the the training session, there's several things that we can do. And it might be to practice that Wayne Dyer technique or to set our phones to have the joy alarm. Actually, I'm hoping people hear this and they just go ahead and do that because it's just an awesome experience. It's a wonderful thing to do and it takes almost zero effort and there's so much payoff. But in the gratitude challenge, we go over that and give people the chance to, to actually do that and start applying these 20 different gratitude techniques. Actually, it's 20 plus, I should say, and lots of variations on each one and to figure out which ones resonate with them. So I'm excited about that. And I want to point out too, when they go there, there is a chance to get my joy journaling training as well. There's no requirement for that, obviously. And it's just, it's how I use journaling to help live a more joyful life. And it includes some gratitude things and includes lots of other things, but it is just a really good, inexpensive, it's about the same cost as a hardback book, but it just, it can change lives. And I just love people going through that because I know how effective it can be for someone.
0: Beautiful, man. So so the, the, the challenge is totally free. It's great at gratitude.com. And Chip, I can... I mean, I can just personally say something that you said earlier, which is like anything in life, it's the more you practice it, the more you focus on it, the more it's top of mind, the more it becomes part of who you are and part of the way that you live. And for me, you know, I've been using the five minute journal for, I don't even know, 10 years, eight years, five years, seven years, something like that. Um, you know, and, and the first thing in there is you write down three things that you're grateful for. So I've been starting my day with gratitude virtually every single day for, you know, at least half a decade, if not more. And then before I go to bed, that's usually how I end my day is I just think of things I'm grateful for that make me smile as I'm drifting off to sleep. And so kind of bookending the day with gratitude, it creates this beautiful inner sense of, wow, life's amazing. I am blessed. I am grateful. I am alive. There is so much, you know, to, to, to be grateful for. And I think that for anybody listening, if you want to be, you know, I know you would say more joyful, Chip. I'll say happier, <laughs> more <laughs> joyful, healthier, all of the things. I'd encourage you to check this out. Great at gratitude.com. And uh, and just start practicing the, the, you know, the, the four strategies that Chip gave today, right? Appreciating something that is bad or negative. I think that's huge. You know, for me, every day that I had cancer, I was like, God, thank you for this gift that is cancer. I may not know what all the wonderful things that are going to come out of this are. I don't, I don't know right now it's painful, but I'm grateful. I have faith that those will be revealed to me when the time is right. You know, so you can be grateful for anything, the Wayne Dyer technique, the joy alarm. And I think more than one joy alarm is probably ideal, right? Let's, you know, maybe every hour on the hour, be grateful, be (laughs) joyful, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was stressed out. I was, I was focused on the wrong thing. And get really centered in this, this miracle that we call life. And then number four, the 22nd hug. And you better believe that the next person I see, well, unless (laughs) it's like the garden, my gardener or something, but most likely (laughs) the, in fact, the next person I see is going to be Nick Conadera. And uh, that might be awkward, a 22nd hug, but I, I'm going to give it a try. My, my editor, uh, or sorry, the, the director of the miracle morning movie is at my house this week. We're working on the film, finishing final edits So uh, I don't know, Chip, you know, Nick, what do you think? You think he would, he would be comfortable with a 20 second hug? Should I try it? You know what? I I think it might
1: be awkward. Like the first uh, five seconds (laughs) and the last five seconds. (laughs) Uh, And then maybe the 10 seconds in the middle i think he's a grateful person too so he's uh hey, I, I say go ahead and go for it and you know if, if he struggles maybe let him go <laughs> yeah
0: there you go I might struggle too though i don't know anyway cool well hey chip um i am genuinely grateful for you and uh this is exactly what I was hoping for thank you so much thanks for coming on thanks for sharing just being vulnerable making it personal and uh and giving giving value i really appreciate you
1: Oh you're very welcome Hal. I appreciate it and I appreciate you and I'm so grateful for our friendship and uh, that we were put in each other's lives. So thank you, sir.
0: Ditto, brother. Well goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, I tell you all the time, I am grateful for you. I love you. Thanks for tuning in and uh, I hope you were impacted as I was today by this conversation with Chip. And you know, one of the reasons I love Chip is he just just by him being who he is and exuding love and gratitude and optimism and, you know, all of the, these qualities that he works on every day through his miracle morning and through his, you know, his journaling, all of his gratitude practices. If you ask anybody that knows Chip, or if you just, you know, go be Chip's friend on Facebook and follow him, you can't help. But when you look at him, you smile. When you think about him, you smile. And that's just the the impact that when you live your life with joy and gratitude and you exude that you impact there's a ripple effect that impacts every person whose life you touch so it's my hope that you will check out chips free gratitude challenge great at gratitude.com and uh immediately start practicing these four tips that he gave you today and uh be more grateful and uh your life is blessed and just be aware that it already is so love you i appreciate you all and i will talk to you next week